0: Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. You're listening to Alone, a Love Story. And I'm Michelle Parisi. Chapter 3 The Feelings I Don't Feel. Married Life. Married life is good. We spend a year in a basement apartment to save money to buy our own place. It's small and crammed with all of our stuff. Well, all of my stuff. He has nothing. I remember the first time I was ever in his room, in the house he shared with a bunch of guys. I asked, where's all your stuff? And he shrugged and said he just left it all when he moved to this city. I like to travel light, he said, but I didn't understand I mean, he wasn't traveling at all. He was living, wasn't he? I love my stuff. I'm nostalgic for an old bowl that belonged to my friend's late mother, or my grandmother's kitchen utensils, or the first piece of art I ever bought on my own. I would never leave any of my things behind. But he could. He did. I wondered what that said about him, what it meant that he was the kind of person that had no sentimental attachment to things the kind of person that could just up and go whenever he wanted to. Could it mean he was unsentimental about people? It was a distant early warning sign I chose to ignore. Obviously, because here we are, married and living in a tiny basement apartment with all of these things of mine I would never leave. He's brought into our marriage. Only his clothes a box of university textbooks, a fishing tackle box filled with odds and ends, and $35,000 worth of student loans. We also have all the things you get when you have a big wedding like we did. My side, the Italian side, fulfilled all the traditional gift requirements. Twelve place settings of china, cutlery, and crystal stemware. Coffee makers, blenders, tablecloths, bed sheets, towels, luggage sets. There are so many trays and platters, I don't even know what I would ever use them for. But for now, they're in boxes while we save money to buy a real home. We're in the basement of an old house, so everything slopes. The ceilings are only six foot three, and the husband is six foot two. He has to bend his head down to walk around. It's freezing cold all winter long, and sometimes it gets so bad that we turn the oven on and keep the door open so I can sit directly in front of it. At night, he fills plastic bottles with hot water and puts them in our bed. So by the time I'm ready to sleep, it's toasty between the sheets. He's gold in this way, the husband. These little things. There are all kinds of crazy little insects and spiders in all kinds of nooks and crannies. And when the people who live upstairs walk around, it sounds like thunder. We are so happy. We hang out all the time. He watches TV and I read, both of us on the couch with our legs wound together. We play cards and talk and talk and talk. During hockey season, we walk down the street to our local bar to watch the game and eat plates of macaroni and cheese. They know our drinks, so we never have to order. We go to movies, we go dancing, we eat in restaurants all the time because our rent is so cheap and we both hate to cook. Being married is awesome. After a year in the basement, we've saved enough money for a down payment and we buy a condo right downtown, 800 square feet. It feels palatial compared to the basement apartment and my little bachelor before it. And it's warm. We spend three years there, happy, comfortable, carefree. That is, until the ultimatum. Waiting. The ultimatum comes after a huge fight. We've had this argument before, but tonight, he's even angrier with me. Tonight, he's had enough, enough of waiting for me to have the feeling. You know, the feeling, the way women talk about how much they want to have a baby, how much they can't wait to be pregnant, to be a mom. The feeling I don't feel. He says, you said you wanted to have a baby. I say, I do. I'm sure I do. But I just don't have the feeling yet. I'm only 31. We still have time? He cuts me off. We've been married for four years. I know, and it's been awesome. What's the rush to have a baby? I'm just not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Actually, I'm not sure I'll ever be ready. I've never had the feeling, or anything close to the feeling... Not even a twinge. I haven't felt the magical desire to be pregnant, to give birth, to care for a baby who will turn into a child and then into an adult and for the rest of my life be tethered to me. And I worry. I worry that a baby will change everything between us. That once we have a baby, our carefree, comfortable, love-drunk life will be gone. We won't be able to go to the movies on a whim anymore, or eat in restaurants four nights a week, or be able to sleep in, or to sleep, at all. We'll no longer be a nation of two. But he wants to be a dad so badly. I remember when we first met, he said, You are the mother of my children. The funny thing is I had the same feeling about him, this strange biological imperative, that he was the father of my children, and we weren't even a couple yet. But the idea was more romantic than real for me. His jaw is so tight, and he grits his teeth at me in the way he does when he's angry. His face is so close to mine his finger pointing right at my chest, but not actually poking me, just close, so close. And he says through clenched teeth, I never would have married you if I knew you weren't going to have a baby. What? It comes out like a croak, and then tears. So many tears. He never would have married me? Does he mean he only did it so I'd make him a dad? He asks me to get off the birth control. He says he's done waiting for me to have the feeling. I cry and cry and say, okay, okay, because I think I will lose him if I don't do this. I reason with myself I may never have the feeling, so what the hell? Why not just get pregnant? After the tears, the long, awful night, he's back to his kind, funny self. I feel better, too. I've resigned myself to the idea that my body, mind, and life are all about to change forever. I'm committed to doing it. I mean, babies are cute, aren't they? Sure, and they become funny little children eventually, and I definitely like those. Maybe the feeling is bullshit. Maybe all those other women are just making it up. Maybe this is just another thing I'm afraid of. But I never let fear stop me, so why now? I go off the birth control. My doctor warns me that since I've been on it for so long, it may take up to a year to conceive. So I approach getting pregnant like I approach most things in life. I produce the shit out of conception. I go online and learn how it all works. How long the egg lasts once it's released. How long sperm lasts once it's inside of me. I figure out when I'm ovulating next, plus or minus three days. Then, based on how long the egg and sperm are supposed to last, I come up with a plan. We need to have sex 11 days in a row, with my approximate ovulation date somewhere in the middle. As long as we do that, we've got to hit it. I say, and the husband is pleased with my calculations. He kisses my forehead and I feel amazing because if he's happy, I'm happy. And I love when he's so admiring of my ability to estimate numbers quickly and accurately. How long it takes to get somewhere, the gratuity on a restaurant bill, the price of an item that's 65% off, and now what the formula is to make a baby on our first try, which is exactly what happens. On the calendar in our kitchen, I plot the 11-day sex-a-thon. And we have fun, excellent sex on each of those 11 days. One month later, we're driving in his parents' town, and suddenly I'm so tired. I'm a little dizzy, and I just feel weird. And then I know. I'm pregnant. Just like that. Just like that, driving in our little car, it hits me. I'm pregnant. I don't know why I know it, but I do. And it's the most certain I've ever felt about something I have no proof of. I see a drugstore and pull the car into the parking lot. What do you need? He asks. And I tell him. Fifteen minutes later, we're back at his parents' house, up in the bathroom together with the door locked like two teenagers hiding something. He sits on the edge of the bathtub while I pee on the stick. He reads the instructions 50 times, even though I tell him not to worry. I'm a pro at these tests. He looks at the stick. He looks at me. I'm pregnant. I've just given him the thing he wants most in life. He looks happier holding that positive pregnancy test than I've ever seen him before or sense I don't like being pregnant. We've sold our downtown condo and bought an old house in the north end of the city. People will dispute north end and the right, but to this downtown girl, it feels like we've moved to the tree line. The reason we're here, above the tree line, is me. Even though I've lived downtown since I was 19... Even though I love living within walking distance to everything and being in the center of it all. Even though I love living in an apartment. I am the one who pushed us to buy a house away from it all. Me. I know. It's like I'm a totally different person now that I'm pregnant. A person who thinks the right thing to do is to live in a house because a baby is coming. Even though we could have made do in our condo or just bought a two-bedroom. But I'm stuck on the idea of a house. A baby needs a bedroom. A baby needs a house. And it should be quiet. So a baby needs a detached house. With a backyard. And a driveway. With a garage. Make it a double. So this is why we're here, in an 80-year-old house with a leafy backyard and a double garage nowhere near downtown, nowhere near any of our friends or favorite restaurants or parks, nowhere. When I'm six months pregnant, we move in and start renovating everything. There are only two things I enjoy about being pregnant. One is that my hair is so shiny and curly and healthy and beautiful. The second is when she moves around inside me and she moves a lot. What's she building in there? I always say, I just can't believe how much activity there is in my own body. Sometimes, I'm lying down and part of my belly just changes shape as she jabs some appendage into the wall of the sack she's growing in, which just happens to also, miraculously, be part of my body. Beside me is her dad, the husband, as silly and adorable as ever. He grabs at the appendage and manages to hold it for a second, and I feel her fight to free herself from his grip. It's like they're playing together already, even though my body is between them. I feel increasingly removed and lonely. How can I be lonely with another human being inside of me? I mean, you can't get closer than that, can you? I also have a husband who's wanted to be a father for so long. He's so jazzed by the whole thing. But my body hurts. It's uncomfortable. I can't play soccer anymore, the thing I look forward to every week. Once the baby comes, it'll be my hormones that go wonky, my body that'll have to feed her. But first, she'll have to come out of my vagina. I have no idea what any of that will be like let alone being a mother for the rest of my life. Almost every night now, the husband puts his head on my giant belly and shouts through cupped hands, Hey! She responds by jumping all around like an excited puppy in my uterus. He pokes my belly hard and says, what are you at? And she pokes back at him immediately, every time, and hard. They go back and forth like this, already communicating. And I feel more and more removed from things. More and more like a vessel. A host that will usher in his greatest relationship. Which is exactly what happens. You're listening to Alone, a love story. It's a CBC original podcast written by me, Michelle Parisi. The story editor is Veronica Simmons. Alone is mixed and produced by me and Veronica in our hometown of Toronto. Our theme music is by Yehenda. Explore more at cbc.ca slash alone. It's my digital scrapbook with art, videos, music, and the story behind the story I'm telling. Stick with me. I want to tell you about how I had to suck it up.